Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, greeting you from Manila. And my co-host, Hi everyone, I'm Dina Zaman of Iman Research Malaysia. And yes, welcome, welcome to She Talks Peace. Amina, so how are you doing? How are you coping with the pandemic? Are you going through any burnout, fatigue? Well, not lately, Dina. Yeah. You know, I had uh, decided to become quite active on Facebook again. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, I posted a confession and I said that I play Pokemon Go mm-hmm. and I'm kind of addicted to Pokemon Go to okay. take my mind off the negativity around yeah. me. And I like the game because not mm-hmm. only does it let you play with each other, but you mm-hmm. get to get and send gifts and postcards to friends from all over the world. And Why? I've got friends from Slovenia, Croatia, Austria, mm-hmm. Peru. And I love opening the postcards and just looking at, you know, the the places that are in the, in the postcards. Right. But I don't have any friends from Africa, which is really weird. However, I have three friends from Malaysia, Dina. Isn't that fun? And, <laughs> okay. But you know I what? I should try this. Yeah. You yeah. should. You should. Then we can be friends. But you know what? I mean, I have some political posts also on my Facebook page. But this Pokemon post got over 100, like 120 (laughs) responses or something like that. And that's really so funny, Dina. (laughs) I don't think people want anything heavy, Amina. I think once in a while. Once in in a while, they, they want something... And that's uh, that takes their mind off uh, the problems that we're facing. And speaking yeah. of problems in Facebook, it has been in hot water for right. you know for for uh, several instances. Yeah. Um, the role that their platform and other uh, platforms mm-hmm. 
have served in spreading extremist um, ideology, for instance, and not just ISIS or faith-based uh, extremism, but, oh my God, Trumpism. In the United States that led to the January 6th insurrection, yeah. which hasn't stopped. I mean, they're planning another rally. It's it's really just um, so crazy. And, and to think that Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. actually envisioned a platform that could allow young people, like college students, to connect. It's like, like a dating app. And now you've got this this powerful platform that yeah. can change the world and yes. in positive ways and in some not so positive ways, like in the Philippines in um, mm-hmm. the last election, a lot of trolls were organized right. and uh, they were on Facebook and, and other platforms. And right. it was used as a as an election, a political tool so you know that stuff like that has got to be neutralized what about you in in malaysia well you know over lunch today we're talking about when the next general elections will be you know some people say it's going to be pushed to 2023 but we don't mm. think so not with this um the government that resigned and came back again in whatever form you know so i don't know things have been rather slow i think everyone's adopting a wait and watch see you know to see what's going to happen. I mean, things can have a change again next week. So, but the thing is, a lot of people do think that the new prime minister, Ismail Sabri, he's seen as a moderating factor in politics, but God knows lah, you know what I mean? Yeah, we haven't heard too much about uh, about yeah. him though in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. But one thing about our politics in Malaysia, Philippines, Southeast Asia, it yes. can rival soap operas. I mean, just um, the other day, there was a news item coming out of Myanmar where they have the shadow government composed of uh, the political leaders who were deposed by the military. And they have declared what they call a defensive people's war. Right. That's going to be interesting to to monitor defensive people's war all right yeah and i'm sure they're going to be i'm sure they're going to be using uh, social media platforms too Uh and uh, to to mount that uh, offensive but anyway i think our podcast today is going to be uh, quite different (laughs) definitely positive because it's going to be uh, it will be about women and technology oh yes i'm looking forward to that yeah, I mean, you and I, you know, we, we, I guess we have always listened to people who say that, you know, men are the ones who go into technology. But really, women are more than qualified and capable to excel in tech-based uh, fields in, in what they call STEM, right? Science, yes. technology, engineering, and, and mathematics. I, I, it's just that I don't have the brain for it, Dina. I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I wasn't a very good science student. I actually failed. But I do think one thing, that technology has been a fantastic uh, presence in my personal life and also professional life, you know. And uh, you're right about the fact that there's this public perception that technology is very masculine. But you know what? 
actually a lot of technology right, has been created by women. I mean, you've seen that film, right? Hidden Figures, mm. African-American women mathematicians who are pivotal mm-hmm. to NASA's flight trajectories. Mm-hmm. Again? Yeah. Yep. I, 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 I've seen that uh, film actually a couple of times. And yeah. uh, those women were really inspiring. I mean, they actually called those women computers. And yes. those, those three ladies, uh, Catherine Johnson, uh, Dorothy Vaughan, and Mary Jackson, uh, they were brilliant African-American women. And they were really the computing brain power that was behind the launch of uh, astronaut John Glenn. So women like that shows not just African-Americans, but all women that yes. whatever we put our mind to, we can do. And that includes yes. the field of uh, of technology, Dina. Yes, yes. I mean, I one of the things I do believe, right, especially now, that technology is so integral to peace building. Yeah. I mean, you and I and our guests today and our previous guests, we won't be here if we didn't have technology. Mm-hmm. So today, ladies and gentlemen, our listeners, right, we have two women in technology women who were and are still peace builders, but have moved to technology. Please let me introduce Rahima, Ima Abdurrahim, who's the Director of Public Policy for Southeast Asia, established countries for Facebook Asia Pacific. Prior to this, she was Executive Director of the Habibi Center, one of Indonesia's leading think tanks focusing on democracy, democracy and human rights. In 2017, Ima co-created World with World Fellows Stephen Sashur and Abdurrahman Malik, Charita, Community Empowerment for Raising Inclusivity and Trust Through Technological Application, a project using the art of storytelling to fight discrimination, promote inclusivity, and build trust. Um, Amina, would you like to introduce the other guest? Oh, yes. And from your home, from Malaysia, we have Dr. Jasmine Begum, Director mm-hmm. of Legal, Corporate, and Government Affairs for ASEAN and uh, New Markets of Microsoft. She's based in Kuala Lumpur. And mm-hmm. Jasmine has held this role since 2010. And uh, she oversees mm-hmm. corporate affairs, government relations, and policy engagements, as well as philanthropies for Microsoft businesses in the ASEAN. Woo, philanthropies. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> women. Yep. I can yep. see where we're going for women empowerment. Jasmine yes. joined Microsoft with over 20 years of award-winning experience that uniquely straddles both legal, policy engagement, and communications. And that uh, she has uh, had leadership and regional stints in companies such as Dell Malaysia, the United Nations Development Program, and the UN Executive Office of the Secretary General in New York. I understand that uh, she worked with the late Kofi Annan and even met the Taliban. Goodness grief. Welcome yes. to She Talks Peace, Ima and Jasmine. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Hello. everyone. Right. So I'll just you know throw the first question, and I'll start with Dr. Jasmine, right? What made you, after all these experiences with the third sector, development, legal, right? what made you jump into the tech sector? That's Jasmine. 
thank, thank you, Dina, and thank you for the kind introduction, uh, Amina. As you think about uh, technology um, and the work, the development work we did uh, in, in my previous uh, work, especially with the United Nations, I found technology to be both empowering and enabling. And I felt that having had that experience in development work, bringing that, that background into technology and marrying both, I would have a role to play in driving the intersection between policy, technology, and societal betterment, you know, a societal impact. And that was one of the reasons why um, I, I'm, I'm quite embarrassed to say, having, having worked in Dell and now in Microsoft, I am a, I'm a technophobic. I have deep fear <laughs> of technology. That, that I fear that I will break technology. So, you know, coming out of all of this fear and trying to do technology policy work, it takes a lot of, of me. But uh, as you say that, you know, technology is seen to be masculine. So it's mm. building. Can you imagine coming mm. from a building background Going yeah. into technology, it was like double whammy. But as also <laughs> Amina said, you know, we can do where we set our minds to it. And I felt that I, I had this unique background and capability and, and knowledge. Uh, and I was hungry to learn and overcome my fear uh, to, to build, you know, build that intersection between technology and policy and how that impacts everyday lives of, of citizens, people across the region. How about, how about you, Ima? What made you move from peace building, democracy, advocacy, human rights into technology? Um, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, and also um, the kind introduction, Dina. It's, it's been a pleasure. I miss you both. Um, uh, I, I, again, like I came from your world. Uh, working a lot for, with women and peace builders, and it still is 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 something that I uh, hold dear to my heart. Now, for me, I think it's um, I it wasn't it wasn't intentional in the sense that you know I really wanted to. Move. I I think where I wanted to where I want what I wanted to do was make impact was have impact. Um, I saw the power of technology. I've been a Facebook user since. I think, yeah, the year it was founded, um, I was still I was still a postgrad student, and uh, and you know you you still had to have a university address, email address to join Facebook, um, and so uh, you know I'd had a .ac.uk address and uh, and I joined. I remember joining Facebook as as a, as a student. And then, of course, the way it evolved, and I saw how powerful it was. Um, the co the conversations that we had. I was also very highly critical of Facebook. Um, mm. And again, some of the things that you said, Amina, in, in the beginning, um, we don't deny that. Uh, you know, we we that's 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 part of the challenge as well. But again, what uh, what what always drove me, and um, what I'm still very much passionate about, is democracy and human rights. Mm. And I think there that is that. It's like there's no other place that's more democratic than being able to voice, you don't have to get, you don't have to buy airtime. Yeah, yeah. Imagining elections, imagining where you had to actually um, speak, you know, in the past, you know, if you remember elections of before, <laughs> there was social media. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have, if you weren't a media mogul or if you didn't have connections to the media, to buy advertising for oh, your yes. campaign was very difficult, right? So I saw that power change right when you had people being able to self-publish 
being, people being able to voice their opinion in different ways. So for me, that was part of democracy and human rights as well. Being able to have mm-hmm. provide a platform for the for the people who are who didn't have it for the voiceless, right? And so that for me yeah. became a passion as well. So for me, um, and again, I don't have a tech background at all. I am a tech user, but I don't have, I, I also am very bad at mathematics. Uh, <laughs> my background is political science, and democracy and human rights. So for me, that's kind of how I stepped into the role. Um, and I was curious at first as well. And actually that was one of my, one of the conversations I, I had with, with my, with the person that interviewed me, why would you want someone like me uh, with this kind of background in nonprofit and think tanks and civil society? Why would you want someone like me? And and I I also felt that that was also the shift I saw in 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 the te- in um, in Facebook and the tech and space that they were looking more for people who understood that, who was able to. And as you know, the people that made that change as well, and some of them that you know as well, right? So that's yeah. kind of how I stepped into it. That's really that's really interesting. Um, yeah. uh, so your your background in human rights, in democ- democracy, mm-hmm. in peace building, and civil society have uh, really qualified you to enter in this new era of uh, social media. Because when when we l- look at what's going on in the world and the the power of technology yeah. of social media in pushing extremist ideology, anti-vaxxers, for goodness sake, you know, (laughs) kids are dying, but anti-vaxxers are still pushing their agenda because they've got these fake doctors, pseudo doctors who have very big Mm -hmm. platforms on social media, convincing them that you should take ivermectin. And you should take horse deworming yeah. medicine yeah. As a, instead of uh, instead of a vaccine. So, in in your fields now, uh, in Microsoft and in uh, in Facebook, how do you see your technology and social media impacting on what we're trying to do on on peace building for the ASEAN region in mm-hmm. having a more secure region that would be a little bit immune to, let's say, political interference yeah. or um, uh, violent extremist uh, thought. So what, let's, let's go to Microsoft first and yeah. get Facebook off the hook. Sure. I mean, I'm uh, happy to take on the question. Um, so our, our platform has largely been LinkedIn, uh, which is more of a professional uh, social platform for for you know for jobs and you know those who want yeah. to uh it's not that people do not come there to spew cyber mm. ideology oh, yeah. right they do and it is pervasive everywhere from tiktok to whatever form and platform that gives them a voice but i think um we we do have clear terms of use and how you know we use this platform also to advocate for greater good um, where we talk about, you know, SDGs and we talk about peace building. And, and even now, as we talk about our current war with the pandemic, yeah, you know, talking about the recovery, talking about vaccine importance and talking about social distancing, just talking about 
social innovation as a national recovery agenda. I think all of us, technology players, technology tech giants in the in the world, have a role to play as uh, our technologies are also enabling our conversation today, uh, and we do play that role. Uh, not in the traditional peace building, but you know the war against the pandemic, or, or as some people are saying we are at the endemic, but we play a role. And I want to just focus on two big areas where we felt that we could have the biggest impact. On one, we, we worked on advocating for skilling, skilling as the currency as a post-pandemic world. We mm -hmm. felt that with, with, with the life versus lively, livelihood and jobs being lost, mm -hmm. it's important for us to go out and talk about skilling. And we, we did uh, share some of the skilling um, available through Microsoft platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, GitHub, my MS Learn. Uh, and the second one is how do we collectively bring our our technology muscle and power to, to make direct impact to, to society. And it's just not Microsoft, but also our ecosystem in making the difference, whether it is from creating jobs um, or, you know, just having that greater impact in giving. So that's how we play our role. We continue to build peace even these times, especially with, um, with one we felt that we had our core competency, especially in, in digital skills. We played a big role in that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, women oh. really do need the digital yeah. skills. How about you, Emma, and, and Facebook? I know that uh, Facebook, Microsoft, and, and the other tech giants have come together to create this uh, this uh, network to neutralize uh, extremism on on the platforms. So, how do you see technology and how do you see Facebook um, impacting what we're trying to do to secure our own uh, spaces in in our countries and in ASEAN? Um, so again, first of all, I think one thing that we um, I think the the one you're talking about perhaps is I think the gifts. FCC, the Global Internet Forum to Counter Terrorism. Mm. Um, um, yeah, and that that is definitely part of a part of we we are part of GFCT. But I think to go back, um, Amina um, and Gina, I think one of the mm -hmm. things that we we have worked tire, um, you know tirelessly and 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 um, in in all of the countries within ASEAN, um, five of them. I mean, actually, no, six of them are are part uh, part of my responsibility. Um, uh, is to ensure that digital literacy doesn't just stop with how to use, you know, the, the hardware, 
Mm-hmm. It's also to mm-hmm. for people for for users to become good digital citizens. Right. So we have um, we have uh, our our flagship program on um, digital literacy, which is we call we think digital in um, in the Philippines. It's uh, it, and it's localized in the Philippines. It's digital tayo. Which mm-hmm. I think uh, your 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 yeah. dear son is part of yeah. as well has been helping us partner on that really well in Indonesia. It's called Asah Digital, so it is localized, so that that mm-hmm. is good. So and it's something that people um, uh, it, it's it's accessible for everyone, and it doesn't just teach people about using our platform. Why and it's also teaching them about misinformation, how to recognize it, because one of the things. I think that needs to be understood by a lot of people is that it doesn't, yes, we, we are taking measures and it is mm-hmm. our responsibility, but it's also the responsibility of the whole of community. We are mm-hmm. not able to do this ourselves. We're not able to do it. Um, so it's, you know, we do programs in Indonesia, for example, right now it's, it's called Tahan Dulu. So it's basically resist to share, right? Mm-hmm. right. Verify first before you share it. Um, so it's rethink before you share kind of uh, program. So we are trying to create better g- digital citizens to ensure that that the 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 harmful information doesn't get reshared, doesn't get forwarded. So we do so many we do quite a lot of things within the pa- platform, including we have a, um, we have fact checkers. Um, that are accredited by the um, by their independent fact checkers that are able to fact check on different news items and and we also again which I think is a root is the digital literacy programs which we also run for not just for um, children and senior citizens but we also do that for peace builders um, so we are ensuring like through the um, through through programs like the Re- resiliency in- initiative which I think Dina you're you're familiar with as well. Uh-huh. We um, include, you know, we we have training uh, with uh, with with peace builders to make sure that they're able to amplify the positive messages, because sometimes, you know, what gets in the news is the bad deed, right? Mm-hmm. The, the violent act. Yeah, those are things we don't want to be amplified. Anything, any calls, and and Facebook has very um, clear community standards when it comes to violence. So if you are promoting hate or promoting violence, that's automatically, that's taken down. There's no question. Even if it's coming from a politician, if it's inciting hate and violence, we we remove that immediately. So teaching people to recognize those things, teaching peace builders to help us recognize those things. So that's why we always have, um, we always partner with people like yourselves um, to be able to help us identify those. So when we do our, um, you know, for women's safety, you know, we have our, our, our women's safety hub. Um, and when we develop programs like that, we don't do it ourselves. We, we, we develop that in consultation with nonprofit partners around the world. We do it in languages, in different languages. Currently, I think our women's safety hub is 55 languages. And right. it contains video on demand on safety training or where to register for live safety training sessions. We have global women's safety expert advisors. So all of these things, which is actually really important for peace builders. Mm, Women right. peace builders don't have it easy because they're often the yeah. target. They're target of online yeah. bullying. They're a target of harassment, whether physical, whether online. So we, are, we establish um, measures to ensure that they are safe as well. So, um, so that's what we do. 
So to make sure that our platform doesn't um, doesn't have uh, uh, hate or misinformation or harm, all of these things we do, but that's only to a certain level that we always will need the help of the community, our users. So if you yes. see something that you think should not be on our platform, please report it. If or you, if you have that channel with our, if you, um, and I think you both do, um, to our, to our, uh, to my, to our teams, let them know because we put forward those, especially when when you're a trusted, when you're a partner that's worked with us um, regularly. That's some. Those are those are credible sources of information that we would definitely um, uh, take into consult in in our development of uh, of these programs. Well, that's really interesting, Emma. Jasmine, what about Microsoft? What are the things that you're doing to empower women? So we have strong within Microsoft, so starting from yeah. Microsoft, a very strong DNI culture built into the diversity and inclusion culture that you know focuses on ensuring that um uh, that empowerment is, you know, when we talk about the mission of the company, empowering every person and every organization on the planet, it actually starts with us. But uh, from, from a wider program, I would like to share a few, um, mm -hmm. uh, especially from our department where companies that, uh, where legal firms are um, given incentivized, you know, legal firms are incentivized to look at DNI and look at women in 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 their hiring. So it's not just limited to us, but even within our ecosystem, within the legal firms that we work with, we in, in incentivize them for diversity. And in in empowering women, um, especially women in IT, we do realize that um, it, it's not. A, a common, um, you know, women, parents, even parents are, are reluctant to invest in women, uh, women going into mm. technology. So um, we have gone out to do programs like DigiGirls and others to encourage women to come into IT. And Women in IT is, uh, is a program that we, we actually partner with other industry players to get into. And in, in also in when we talk about empowering women, uh, especially women uh, who are going into small businesses in different countries. We have programs that are tailored to mm -hmm. empower women who want to use technology as a platform, uh, especially the MSMEs, uh, and how do we empower them so that they could go out and have a business online. So we do work with, with, with women quite uh, quite largely. And also coming back to the skilling program, we do find that um, and I, when I talked about me being a technophobic, we find that women generally feel like it is too much for them to learn, but digital mm. skills will help them, um, you know, to, to, to run a business from home and for them not to, you know, especially with women losing jobs, we find right. that, that there is a large mm -hmm. segment of, of population that today could work from home and how do we empower them? So a lot of our digital skills are tailored to mm -hmm. ensure that it is at a literacy level and not at the artificial intelligence or the machine learning. So right. we have different programs that have been developed to be very localized, whether you are a farmer uh, with a sick turkey uh, and you do not know what to do. And, you know, mm -hmm. I actually have a story in India where uh, a, a, a lady who had, uh, who was in an abused relationship and, and who, who decided that she will go to a digital literacy program and she had a turkey with, with chicken pox. 
Mm. And she needed support for that. And she didn't know what to do because she was so far from the city. And she took a picture of, of, of this turkey and she uploaded it and sent it to a university. And they came back and advised and she was she was able to save yeah, her entire little farm. And in the process, right. save her fam- family, right? So what starts out a simple digital literacy program actually could um, allow women to build their own little businesses and, and to be able to be economically independent. When we talk about women, being given digital literacy, it also means that you are building their economic uh, viability and economic capability as well. So it, it, that is definitely a huge spillover effect uh, uh, when, when we do create uh, these platforms. Right. I was just wondering, Dina, because ASEAN yeah. has this um, ASEAN Women for Peace registry. I mean, it's um, yes. barely two years old. But mm-hmm. what's good about this group is that it has the full support of ASEAN as a regional mm-hmm. organization. And the focus is really women, peace and security. And I was right. just wondering when we're talking about uh, training of women in digital literacy, yes. uh, having a platform for connecting women, peace builders so that we could learn from right. each other. I was just wondering how the two of you, because you do have regional and policy yes. uh, focus, yeah. how would you connect with ASEAN yeah. to make sure that they do make organizations like this ASEAN Women for Peace Registry functional instead of something mm. that really looks great, but is you know, not moving as, as fast as, uh, as we can. Uh, again, I think, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? We're, we're more than happy to partner with, uh, with organizations to do, um, and we're, we're happy to provide those tools. And I think that's, those are things that, um, that we're, anything is, and if anything is possible, um, in terms of, of us partnering with, uh, with different organizations that are, you know, again, peak building is something that we, we would love to be a part of. Right. So, I mean, for us, we, and again, every everybody's skills are very different. So we have everything from beginners to like guidance. Uh, you know, the resiliency initiative that I talked about earlier um, is something that we. Uh, it's a portal, and we launched that in June 2021 uh, uh, in collaboration with the Asia Foundation. And the Asia Foundation, as you know, operates all over us, uh, all over Asia, mm-hmm. uh, including mm-hmm. all of our countries. Um, and so uh, it's it's it's. Uh, meant to equip on the ground civil society groups with tools to create mm-hmm. powerful and positive counter speech narratives online right so that's what we're trying to do and and the and the and the programs that we have on there are from very basic to how to get started on social media to going all the way to combating misinformation so we have those modules already there so you are able to use that whether or not you collaborate with facebook uh, directly or not if you go to that website you are able to use those um, it's currently only available in English at the moment, but hopefully we'll be able to launch in Bengali and Thai and Urdu and other languages in the future. So it can really reach all over um, Asia. It's meant to support grassroots community um, in addressing issues uh, from discriminatory, hateful, extremist discourse, especially those who are peace builders who are working on this in, in, in very 
conflict-prone uh, communities, right? And uh, and again, Bina and um, Amina, you're 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 the experts in this. <laughs> no, so how how can, how can we help in terms of the tools that we're providing? Help you? I think that's that's a question that I would probably ask you. Let us know how it what it is that we can help with in terms of using the tools. Um, how they can how uh, the the network of peace builders that you have within ASEAN can can benefit from um, some training like this. And and I think that's something that we could definitely make work. Well, you know, one of the things that just crossed my head was for both you know Microsoft and Facebook is that. I'm really, really elated to hear that you have this huge, huge reach, but we also know there are as many or if not more CSOs who don't have the access to Facebook and Microsoft's, you know, training. So I'm thinking, okay, one, we have the Southeast Asian Women Peace Builders Summit, but that happens once, twice a year. I'm curious to know how both of you, both organizations actually reach CSOs, NGOs that are really inside, you know, uh, a community that might not even have um, uh, what's that? Uh, the tools, you know, or even the internet. How do you do that? I can go first on this. This is the importance of partners. The importance of partners is, is I mean, you know, for, for us, is we are not able to do the work that we do without the strong grassroots partners that we have. And that's that's how we do it. Uh, so we 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 adopt a train for the you know, training for trainers kind of uh, model, right? So we are able to train those that do have access and then those those uh, um, uh, organizations and partners that are then able to go to the deeper grassroots to those who don't have access all of the material and the tools that we have some are you know printable that they can actually right. you know bring yeah. to those um to those area areas where they don't have access so the partnership is key so identifying the partners that will be able to work with us and the yeah. and the Asia Foundation and the eight other different organizations that have really worked with us on this is crucial. We wouldn't be able to do it without them. Right, right. Jasmine, would you like to add on? Yes. So like Facebook, we do work with partners uh, mm -hmm. on the ground. Our The NGOs are our key partners. We do work with ASEAN Foundation. Uh, we also work with other uh, very local uh, NGOs as well, serving the community. Um, and it definitely, without partners, we won't be able to have the reach. I want to go back to the question of, of partnership and what else could we think about building peace. And I think one of the things that, that we want to look at is how do we build peace? We build peace and security, but I also think... The role of cybersecurity is, is very yes. important. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Please. So, right. Yeah. We want, especially women in cybersecurity, it's a mm -hmm. big part of the work that we do. Uh, ah. we, we, we do special training programs in India for women in cybersecurity. In, in Malaysia, we are part of that, that bigger network as well. So as we think about security, I think we want to also push our boundaries and think about women and peace. She speaks peace, not only in peace and security, but also in cybersecurity. What role can we play in educating uh, and making sure women have a voice and a say <laughs> about how do we develop the content to fight, fight some of this, uh, not only work around counterterrorism, but also yes. creating that safe environment for, for, our, our, for our young and youth so that they are able to also have a 
you know fairly safe cyber cyberspace. So I think that uh, we also release some of our studies um, uh, about digital peace, and, and this is something we we want to continue to advocate on. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Yeah, I've noticed, wow. uh, especially yeah. during this pandemic, and this is mm-hmm. not just in our countries, but uh, globally, young people have become hooked um, on social media. And it's not just yes. Facebook and, and the others, but TikTok. And yeah. they're being sucked into this rabbit hole, and right. they're now being lured into activities that are that terrible. I mean... I, I can't believe it, but uh, the Philippines. I saw a news article that says the um, the increase in child pornography yes. on social media has risen so much, and my government. I don't think they know what to do about it, and I don't know how uh, Facebook, Microsoft, and the other uh, tech giants can do yeah. something to curtail it because it seems like you shut one one uh, you know address yeah. another one or two others will will come up so so how do you do it how do we protect ourselves from from that kind of uh, pernicious attack so this is where the role of policy and awareness right becomes mm. plays a big role when do we start you, you know a uh, 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 a foe that you can fight at the borders yeah. of the country are so different yes. as opposed to the foe that you, an enemy that you can't see. But the role of women in this is so big. Imagine years ago when a child is sent to a, a playground, you you always tell the child, do not speak to strangers. Right. Yes. Right. You, right. you give them social norms. You give them the etiquette. You tell them to play well, be careful, look left and look right. But you are unleashing, you are letting strangers come into your bedroom. Yes. yes. Thought, and then I'm not saying only women are supposed to be empowered, but we don't educate women enough. Mm-hmm. They will not be able to protect our community, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And women has a, have a huge role to play in that. And the societal role in this is that how do we now influence curriculum to be 21st century friendly? How do we now teach yeah. them, you know, how to be good netizen, but at the same time to also notice the red flags. And I know mm-hmm. today um, anything is off ball, you know, anything is, is possible online. And mm-hmm. I don't think we teach our children to be aware. And I think schools have a role to play, but policymakers have a role to play, mm-hmm. right? If, if somebody get bullied in school, I know this of some countries where a, a student is cyber bullied um, and, and the Ministry of Education may say, but that's not within my purview because it didn't happen in school. It happened mm-hmm. in cyber space. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these different challenges. And I think it is so critical for us to look at it 
as a whole? And how do you, you know, how do you then create that safe cyberspace? And what what role can we do as women in driving mm-hmm. that conversation? Right. What about Facebook? So for Facebook, safety is is our priority. And it's always been. We always maintain is that safety is first. Before anything else, when we develop something, a new feature, a new feature on, on our platform, a new product, safety is number one. To keep our users safe, especially you know, when we see when we see a lot of the um, abuse that we see online, that's something that we don't condone. So first of all, I mean, you know, and I've said it before, our policies, so our community standards and related policies will always try to balance this idea of giving people a place to express themselves, mm. but also to promote a welcoming and safe environment for everyone. Because what we don't want is for people to lose that space to be able to express themselves. Because for all the bad that, that we see on, on social media, um, uh, we also see so much good. Oh, yeah. I don't want to erase that. Absolutely. So to be able to balance that, um, we need to make sure that we provide that welcoming and safe environment. So that's why safety becomes first. So we also provide the tools how they how how you want if you're if you're on our so on our platforms on our family yeah. of apps we allow you to share to to control what it is that you can share or who you can share it with who can see the content that you share so that's all in your control and so that's something that we also do for our trainings and then there's also resources we like i said before we work with safety experts we don't claim to know it ourselves we work with safety experts around the world to make sure that the resources are there to keep you safe one of the reasons i have my uh, my teenager my teenage nephews and nieces i you know they're now of age that they can use facebook and, and instagram um, i allow them because why I am con- I am I am I'm convinced that they are they can be kept safe. I would not I would not allow my nephews and nieces to, to be on Instagram if I didn't know the safety tools that we already have on our platforms. And that's that be, I, because I've seen I, I I know the safety team really well. They work so I mean they work mm. so diligently to ensure that we are safe but also to communicate. So we have guidelines that we send out to parents that can be downloaded and sent to parents every time the, a new guideline comes. I, you know, I make sure that I post that on my Facebook so that my friends who have kids or I will make um, can can read it so that they can keep my nephews and nieces um, safe. So it is something, and but it also it, it we can't push it out and force people to read it. They have to want to keep yeah. their kids safe. Yeah. So that's why it's like the same way with misinformation and everything else on our on our platforms. It's also up to the users to be able to 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 use those tools that we've provided, and we've gotten better. We didn't, we don't, and we don't have it perfect every time, but we keep making things better. And our community standards are not static; they're very dynamic. If we see a trend that we think is harmful, we will include that in our community standards to make sure that that's addressed. So it's an evolving community standard. And that our, our safety work is also evolving. And we have connect, we are connected to a network. So to your point earlier about, about the safety of kids for abuse, online abuse, on we work. So we have a team that specifically works with your police force to ensure that that kind of information is given to proper authorities. And we 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 input that into a into a into the data. So we are we input that into NECMEC um, in the US. 
which is um, which is basically a database uh, for the protection of children for missing and exploited children. So we are able to on the ground immediately work with the police. We're currently, um, hopefully, will be working very closely. I mean, I think we have actually started started that work in Malaysia with the PDRM to ensure that kids are kept safe. To ensure that we are working with the proper authorities to get that kind of content offline. So that again, back to back to what we would like. We would we want the platform to be a place where you can tell your stories, where you can do good, and to ensure that. To happen, we have to make it a welcoming and safe environment for our users. So yeah, safety. That's, yeah, that's ah. that's really the 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 problem, isn't it? Um, uh, when when you look at social media and you look at the information highway, it's just a platform. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. use it for good, or you can use it for yeah. ill. For but the problem really is our governments. And ASEAN, as a regional organization, is they're ill-equipped to work <laughs> on policies and programs that will provide the, the security that we need. So, so here's a, a thought uh, that I'll throw out there for Facebook and Microsoft. Have you ever thought about coming together and having a regional conference and bring our legislators from the Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia, so that you can brainstorm with them about what can actually work in making you know, our, our communities secure so that it's not just a burden for Facebook and Microsoft and TikTok and the others, but like you said, we also have to to do our share. So maybe, yeah, have a have a, a conference and uh, teach our legislators a thing or two. Oh yes, I, I just think this is the most honest. Um, it's a very breathtaking conversation we're having with corporate giants. You know, uh, most times I have to say that you know they'll tell you that the PR, that the communications department. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this because I'm also learning, and I'm already thinking of ways to include both Facebook, Microsoft into the work that we're doing in the future. I don't know, Amina. Um, have you got anything to add on? Well, apart from the fact that I'm really looking forward to having face-to-face -face contact with Jasmine and Ima, I'm yes. extremely oh. thankful Absolutely. that we have social yeah. media because otherwise I won't be seeing you guys for God knows how many more years if nothing is done about yeah. this about yeah. this pandemic. But you know, well, Nina, yeah, I mean, I mean, thank uh, God for the technology that, that our yeah, ladies here are bringing us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We're thankful for technology. And I just, you know, what, as, as you talk about, uh, as I said earlier about like, you know, if we want to, we want to keep the platform safe for us to be able to do good is because you both have such extremely important messages to, to put out there. Right. Imagine, you know, uh, you know, I know Dina has been doing quite a lot on our Facebook live, for example, on, on the, on the peace builders um, uh, uh, sessions, the panelists, I think things like that, that I think, those are the good things that we would like to promote. I mean, we we try our best, especially in this pandemic. And I think um, Jasmine also mentioned it before, just how many women have been impacted because of the mm. pandemic, they've lost their jobs. Yes. What we've done for um, to, to help them and, uh, you know, to help small, medium businesses in, in, the, in this pandemic, we wouldn't be able to do without without um, with, without our partners as well, right? Um, the programs like we have, we have She Means Business. Um, it's, yes, it's, yes. 
it's helped so many people um, mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in the region. Uh, and we want to continue doing that good and communicating good or helping our peace builder. So hopefully we'll be able to do that in person too, to mm. teach. I would love to do all of these trainings that I've been talking about um, throughout this um, past hour as well um, in person, because that's, I mean, um, Dina, if you remember the resiliency yes. initiative training, we wanted to do in person. That was ideally going to be done in person. Um, and so uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> but Jasmine, would you like to add on before we add in our podcast? Sure. Um, as you know, to, to the listeners out there and to, to, to all of us to think about anything, you know, whether it's a knife or a social media, you know, you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And I think mm, as yeah. technology companies, we have done everything possible. And usually we also know that the people who want to use it for bad will be mm-hmm. trying to outsmart us at every point, yes. right? Let us band together. Let us use our, our collective strength of bringing awareness. The only way we are going to be able to outsmart the bad guys is mm-hmm. to be aware of our rights, to be aware of what the society needs and how can we use technology for good and and to to keep our families safe online right and i and i want to leave with that message that uh the war that we are fighting is not limited to the one at the borders or it's not to the one that we're fighting and unseen but there is this uh, cyber safety that we want every person and every every mother, every organization to also think about and say, how how am I keeping my family safe online? And I think I would leave with that message. And as we think about women in, in building peace, we have a greater role to play in building uh, peace and security online as well. Well, well, thank you really for this amazing uh, connection with uh, with Jasmine and Ima with Microsoft and and this Facebook. is a fantastic podcast. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know about you, Dina, but I'm feeling a little bit more digitally literate. <laughs> After an hour, as I, I, as I feel yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> okay, so you to my ears. Yes. Thank you so much, Ima, Jasmine. I mean, we learned a lot. You know, I mean, we heard of the work that we've done, but now they explain even more. We're really excited. So probably 2022, we'll reach out and let's hope we can do something together. Yes. I I absolutely hope so. Because, you know, in, in this world, we cannot escape the social media and the information highway. It's there. Yeah. Our communities, yeah. the, the beauty about the social media and the information highway is that we are no longer, uh, or if we want, we don't mm-hmm. have to be isolated anymore. You're a peace advocate yeah. in Malaysia, you connect with the peace advocate in Yemen. But at the same time, you can also cordon yourself off so that you just hear the same advocacy over and over and get yeah. even more entrenched. So I'm yeah. really happy, Dina, that Jasmine is there to look at the legal side and mm-hmm. governance. And Ima is there to look at the policy level for the entire Southeast Asia region. No, Asia, right? You're yes. looking 
yeah, you're looking at how Facebook can have a more positive impact on on the region. So I just I just hope Ima and Jasmine that we'll have more women like you in the field of technology. <laughs> What's your wish for them, Dina? <laughs> I want to see tech, women, peace builders, and all, right, working together in the future. I know they already are, but I think among our sisters, sister peace builders that we all know, I think this would be fantastic. A lot of us peace builders also live in our own bubbles. We don't really know what's happening, you know, so mm. it would be great. Next year, we work on something concrete to empower communities. All right. So with that, we thank Imak. And Jasmine. And uh, let's let's thank our listeners, uh, Dina. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back in a week. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Salam, everyone. Keep safe. Don't get sucked into the rabbit hole. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.